Hello and welcome to another episode of Industry Celebrities. My name is Kimberly Scott. Industry Celebrities is a podcast where I interview industry professionals in any industry and ask them questions about their industry or passion. Plus, they share a little advice to their younger self. If you want to tune into other episodes, you can do so by going to thatkimberly.com backslash convo to choose your platform, which you prefer to listen to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google, YouTube, you name it. And so now that I have that out of the way, I can introduce today's guest, Mr. David Nelson. Hello, David. Hey, Kimberly. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I need to add a little applause in there whenever <laughs> I... <laughs> but thank you, David, for joining me. You're um, welcome. So tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and what industry you're in. Okay. Well, I currently reside in Austin, Texas, uh, which we sure refer to as the nation's capital. Yeah. <laughs> At any rate, I am from all over sort of the United States and wound up in Austin by virtue of my father teaching at the University of Texas in oh. the late 70s. Okay. And Hook them horns, right? Exactly. Okay. Although I went to a school in Ohio, and so I'm not a native Texan, but I got here as quick as I could. Yes. I started in the home building business right out of, out of college. I had a history degree, and it was one of those things where I wasn't sure what I wanted to do, and I could get a job, and I was in good physical shape. So I started doing uh, labor and quickly became an office manager, then a superintendent, then started a, a building business and managed to make it till about August of 1987, I believe, is when the savings and loan crisis told me that I needed to be out of that business. Ah, okay. <laughs> and then I took a roughly 30-year hiatus in the automotive information management systems. No, that's a long title for an industry. <laughs> It is. Basically, it's computer systems that run car dealerships. Okay, got it. And I did that for 30 years, and then I've recently returned to home building. Well, that's exciting. It is. And it's sort of where my passion was when I was in college. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be an architecture major, but I looked at those guys working on Friday and Saturday nights at, you know, 3 a.m. <laughs> and I wasn't quite ready for that level of, of application in college. So yeah. I would get that. So you decided to go the home building route. Once they finished the plans, you put it all together, correct? C correct. And then one of the things that I really liked was I learned that you didn't necessarily have to have an architect to build houses. So oh, I wound really? up designing a lot of homes and building them myself. Okay. Wow. That's crazy. I mean, you just have to have the vision, I guess, right? <laughs> right. And, and okay. it's one of those things where I took many drafting courses and I, you know, so I had a decent foundation in it, in the design and I'm very good at visualizing things in three dimensions. Mm -hmm. And so I wound up building homes and many of them I designed myself and many of them were by architects that were in the, in the local area. Okay. So you bring the vision to life. The <laughs> what, Correct. What and, would you say is the most satisfying part of being a home builder? What do you enjoy the most? Uh, probably the two things that I find most enjoyable are, one, at the end of the day, you can actually see the result of the work. For example, when I'm selling a computer system, <laughs> there are many days when you go back and you're like, I spent you know 10 or 12 hours working today. And I'm not exactly sure what I accomplished. Whereas 
let's say you pour a slab or you frame walls, you literally can see tangibly what's there. Mm -hmm. And sort of to elaborate on that a little bit further is to take something out of your head that doesn't exist, put it on paper, and then see it actually become reality is amazingly gratifying. I would say so. In every sense of the word, yes, absolutely. So when someone comes to you and says, I want to build a home, is it something that you have them answer questions or do you tell them, can you give me a picture of something else? Like how do you go through that process to get out the person's idea or is it your idea first and then you sell it to someone? It can be both. For example, the house that I'm currently building in Lakeway is one that came out of my head and my wife and I are building it as a spec. And so those ideas are purely driven by us at this time. However, when you're building a custom home, Typically, the client comes to you and says, hey, I want to build a, you know, three-bedroom, two-and-a-half-bath ranch, blah, blah, blah. That's about all the information you get. So, yes, you do ask a lot of questions. <laughs> um, Maybe, like, what size rooms you have? You know, what sort, what's your vision? Is this a rough house? Is it a, you know, is it going to be rustic? Is it going to be, you know, what's your living style? So, you're asked a ton of questions. And then what, what I would do is I would mock up a rough floor plan in a couple of elevations and say, is this roughly what you're looking at? And then you have a starting point where you can go from and they'll tell you things like, yeah, I really like this. This idea really doesn't work for me. Hey, one thing we didn't tell you is, you know, my parents are going to be living here and they're old in a wheelchair. So we need doors that can handle that. and We need to have ramps. The conversation starts and you build on it. Yeah. And you, you slowly pull everything out that you need to get out of them in one way, shape, or form to be able to build the home. Correct. Another piece that I didn't mention that's also important is, do you have land already? And if what so, that, what, what, what does, that, does that land look like? Because yeah. that can make a huge difference in the design. Okay. You know, we often start thinking in terms of having a, you know, what I would refer to as a cornfield lot coming from the Midwest, meaning flat, nothing on it, you know, not much interest. Whereas here in Austin, Texas, where yeah, we live. Different, different story, right? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I lived in the West part of town, which is known as the hill country, uh -huh. um, which, which has its own challenges. Lots of rock, lots of steepness. The advantage of that is you can build really cool things in that type of terrain. But I've always... When I've driven down that 2222 or B caves, any of, you know, those, that windy road, it's a little bit wider now, I'm sure, than it was, you know, back when I was going to college there, but, or in San Marcos, I should say, I always wondered, how do builders get on the side of the hill to build? Like, that's just, you know, amazing that they're able to put up a structure that, you know, is held up by beams off of a cliff, you know, how crazy, but cool at the same time. Yeah, fortunately, that's something where you get engineers involved, yeah. and they provide you with the insight on how to make those things happen effectively. Okay. That, that's an area where I'm a firm believer in hiring professionals for the right things. And, <laughs> Amen. <laughs> <laughs> and that's one of those things that you don't mess with. Hire engineers, you know, trust them to do the work, you know, find people that are qualified, see work that they've done prior, and it's similar to what you're trying to do, and then go mm -hmm. from there. When I used to sell the product I sold, we were very niche. You know, we had always used the example, would you hire your dentist to cut your yard or vice versa, you know? <laughs> I might be likely to do that. I'm not so sure to hire my yard guy to, to, to do my teeth. <laughs> 
but you know, like you hire the right professional that knows what they're doing for that specific right. task and an engineer you definitely would want so that you don't cut no corners and the house stays up for a long time. So right. That's absolutely that is very interesting. Now my question has been answered, you know, that I used to think about. <laughs> my standing question for this podcast is what would you tell your younger self? What advice would you give your younger self, David? Well, the main thing that I tell people is don't be afraid to fail. The metaphor that I often use is is a sports one, which is baseball. And if you think about, you know, a batter and somebody who's really good has a 300 batting average, mm -hmm. what that means is they fail seven times up at the plate. Now, obviously, when you're building a house, you don't want to fail in building a good house. You want to yeah. build a solid one. But I think what happens with a lot of people in their dreams and visions is they're afraid to take that step and trust that they can do the things that, that they need to do to be successful. And that's sort of what I mean by, you know, not being afraid to fail. Just getting out there and like for you, when you started in the home building business back in 1987, you changed direction into another industry that it was kind of a necessity, but I'm sure it wasn't something you were planning on, but you took the leap, correct? Right. Well, it was, <laughs> I did. I told my, my brother-in-law's father had a company that he asked me if they were trying to expand into the Western United States. And mm -hmm. I told him I wanted to stay in real estate and I'd do it for basically six weeks. And <laughs> 30 years 30, later. 30 years later, I finally retired from it. So yeah. No, well, that, I mean, that's great advice, but it is something that over the years that I've been in business, I've always told people, try, try again, you know, just because they're saying no right now, or just because it didn't work out right now, doesn't mean that it won't work out later or they won't come back and say yes. You know, you just have to continue, you know, for every hundred no's or every hundred, like your batting average example, you know, you're going to, you're going to hit a ball or you're going to get a yes for every hundred that you might miss. So Right. Yeah. In sales, it's a numbers game. You work Absolutely. through that. Yes. A couple um, other things I might say would be, I constantly try to look for the good in everything. You know, it's like, it's right now, there's a lot of things where people are not particularly happy with the world. And so I would say, you know, I always try to seek out what's the positive in it. And the last thing is have fun. You only get one life, you know, it's, yes. might as well enjoy it. Absolutely. That is great advice. Well, tell the listeners how they can connect with you or get a hold of you, David. Oh, let's see. The, the way that you can get a hold of me is obviously, you know, LinkedIn is a way that you can reach me. That's mm -hmm. uh, LinkedIn, you know, it in blop slash davidpnelson.com. Email address is dpn512, which is the Austin area code at gmail.com. Or you can call me at 512-627-3164. Okay. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate you being on today and giving us a little insight into the home builder world. And I thank everyone for listening. And remember, if you enjoyed the podcast, please hit the subscribe button on my YouTube channel, iTunes, Anchor, Google, you name it, or follow me on Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, LinkedIn, Instagram, and all those other great places. And until next week, Stay positive and keep growing. Thank you, David. Thank you, Kimberly.